0: Bridge Toll, California Customer Service Number.
1: Highway miles to the Gallon Ford Focus. Thailand Cave
0: Rescue Operation.
1: What is Schema F? Best Wine Bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western Hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Gravel engagement
0: How long before a wedding should I send out How many save the dates? Are in the first series? Use iMap to playoffs.
1: check find email on other email clients. Identify That's fonts from where to find? Hope Brian stuff
0: My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of this podcast. And today, we've got a special technical SEO episode for you, which is going to be hosted by Jeff Atkinson, who's the founder and CEO of Huckabye. Huckabye is a technical SEO platform that automates the process of improving search results to drive more organic traffic and make your website faster. Jeff is a brilliant SEO, and I'm thrilled to invite him to take the mic and share his technical knowledge with you. All right, here is a technical SEO episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Jeff Atkinson, the CEO and founder of Huckabye.
1: Hello, SEOs. Welcome to another edition of the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Jeff Atkinson. I'm the CEO of Huckabye, and I'm guest hosting today for Ben. Joining me today is Dimitri Kustov, who is the marketing director at Regex SEO which is a digital marketing agency. They are breaking away from restrictive service plans and developing fully custom digital marketing strategies that take their clients to the front page. Today, Dimitri and I are going to discuss optimizing for humans versus optimizing for search engines. Okay, now here's my conversation with Dimitri Kustov, the marketing director at RegX SEO. Dimitri, thank you so much for joining us today. I've heard you had a long trip yesterday. We This is take two for us trying to get this podcast recorded. I'm glad you made it back to New Hampshire and uh, are settled in. I'm looking forward to today's discussion. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. It's been on my list to be a guest on your podcast, on Voices of Search podcast. And finally, we're here. Yes, indeed. I just came back home. We're in the process of moving so, uh, twenty-four hour drive. Um, twenty-four hour drive to home. Got about, uh, I don't know, three hours ago. Got home. So yeah, I'm glad I'm here and in one piece, and I'm glad we're having this conversation.
1: Yeah, me too. You've you've applied a few times with a lot of great topics in mind, but this is the one that really stood out to Ben and myself. The difference between optimizing for SEO and optimizing for human beings. I actually have quite a bit of experience with this. I was the former. SVP of marketing at Overstock. So we did a lot of testing when it came to SEO versus user experience. But would love to just get your take first off on a really interesting topic. And yeah, maybe you give me your thoughts on the difference between optimizing for humans versus optimizing for SEO.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think especially nowadays, after most recent Google updates, that that they had like a whole wave starting in May. And I think they had like three or four up until October, I believe, of 2022. And all of those updates were actually targeting or have been done for a purpose of improving and rewarding great user experience websites rather than kind of websites that have been built for search engines. And in my mind, and not just my mind, but everything kind of leads to this, that the main idea for Google As always, it has been always the same. The purpose of Google as a search engine and pretty much any other search engine is to provide the best answers in the quickest way possible to whatever the users are typing into the search bar. So that's where user experience comes in. And if you, as a user, if you type in something and the website shows up in the search results, you click on it, And then instead of getting the answer in a very user-friendly, easy to digest, easy to understand way, for example, it could be a short video, maybe an image, an infographic, a couple of kind of uh, short paragraphs laid out in a nice way, that would be for users that, you know, you land on that page, on that website, get your answer, you're happy, user is happy, you don't click back, you know, the infamous pogo sticking like a phrase. So if that doesn't happen, Google is happy, users are happy, everybody's happy. Instead, what has been common in the industry for quite a few years in SEO industry, whenever people are designing for search engine, the SEOs are writing for search engines. It's basically as much text as possible. Don't care about how it looks for users. If users can find the information easily, it's about kind of as many keywords as possible, creating this 5,000 or whatever many words pages. And that's kind of where it stops. Our goal as SEO is to make you rank number one, and the rest doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. It matters a lot. And especially recently, again, after all of these recent updates, it seems that Google is not just rewarding more the websites that are built for users, but also that's where the future lays, the future of Google and therefore every search engine.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting and I couldn't agree more. So essentially sounds like you're saying Google has sort of figured out the types of content and the types of things that actually users now really enjoy. They probably do that because they have all their browser information, right? And they're seeing if they're interacting with the site or they're playing a video or getting their answer. And even sometimes now they're just inserting the answer right in their search results, right? Using uh, rich results and so forth. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about what those actual meaningful changes are to improve for a user that's going to capture you either that rich result or it's just going to get you that number one ranking and satisfy the user. I know like page speed is certainly one of those things that we hear a lot about after the last algorithm update. And maybe you can enlighten our audience into some of the other things, and or elaborate on PageSpeed. What are the the user changes that that need to happen to capture number one rankings?
2: Right. Uh, yeah, there are quite a few different areas of changes and or improvements on the website you can do as a business owner or as a marketer, and PageSpeed is definitely one of them. You as in, nowadays in the world of instant gratification, we want everything instantly if the website takes forever to load, and you know, nowadays, forever means longer than three seconds, really, especially on mobile devices, people are going to be leaving the website. So yeah, page speed, loading speeds are definitely important. And that's where technical SEO comes in and should be definitely improved. But that's one of the small parts of the entire picture. And you mentioned rich results. So what Kind of, if you digest it, what are rich results? It's a short answer in some kind of way. And how does Google pull those rich results? Well, they pull it by looking at what is on your page, if it's structured correctly. For example, one of the recent updates was about promoting or using, a rewarding for use of properly marked up FAQs. In whatever industry you are, whatever business you're in, there are going to be frequently asked questions. Yeah, you see those more or less
1: every. You see those yeah. everywhere on search results now. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So, whatever industry you are in, you know that 90% of your potential customers or customers ask the same questions. So go talk to your sales team and or customer support team. And it's like, hey, what do you get most often? And put the most frequently asked questions for a specific topic or a specific service on that page that is supposed to be ranking for whatever you're trying to rank for. And you know that's kind of the basics of it. If you start digging a bit deeper, then there are other techniques that I recommend and I really love. Uh, there are a couple of them. The main one is using use of heat maps in terms of uh, like a design. There are plenty of tools like Lucky Orange, Crazy Egg. The point is that it will show you where people that go on your website, where they click, where how they scroll, where they um, kind of hover their mouse. And based on that, you can learn a lot of information about what users actually want versus what maybe your designer thought they wanted. And uh, as long as you bridge that connection, there you go. You're going to get improvement. And then the second part, which the same tools typically provide are video recordings or so like session recordings it's not just heat maps that are kind of just show you where people click and stuff but it's actually literally a recording video recording of how users interact with your website and based on that you can make even more specific decisions based on specific users because you can see if they're using mobile or desktop how you know what what resolution they're using what platform they're using and so on and so on and so on so Just combining all of that, the idea and the goal is build your websites for users first, but don't forget about search engines because that's also very important. People kind of think, oh, you know what? We're just going to put one word or one sentence on the website, one image, and the video, and we're going to rank number one. No, you still have to include all of the information for search engines, but maybe don't do it in the top of the page. Don't put it up front and center. Make it user-centric. Like that's, that's the thing, right? User-centric experience design. It's not just user experience. It's user-centric. Do it for users first, center it. And then if you need, I know, text for SEO, if you need other things for SEO, you know, weave them into the page, weave them into the website, just make it nice. So yeah, it's definitely a holistic approach.
0: That's previsible, dot io.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating. And it seems like Google's getting better and better every year of just eliminating ways for SEOs to trick them and to trick users and so on and so forth, which is what they should be doing. But it's kind of aligned, right? So if you design really good stuff for users... And you create great valuable content that gets them the answers that they need, that you're aligned with really your SEO camp, you know, your SEO goals as well, and that you're gonna be getting the proper number one rankings. I think one of the interesting things, statistics that I've heard lately was that 50% of searches are now zero-click. So to your FAQ comment earlier and rich results. And sometimes now they're just embedding the video to give you the answer or they're just, you know, they're leveraging it. it's just, boom, it's right there. It's not necessarily good for us marketers to have 50% of searches not click onto a website, but I'd rather certainly control the conversation by having my answer there versus a competitor.
2: Yeah. And there's another statistic that I don't remember exact number, but it's it's something like 60 to 70% of people who... They click through on the zero zero search result. Right. You know, whenever you look at that zero zero. The
1: high uh, click through rate on that rich result.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like uh, even though the answer or the answer is there. Yep. People usually want a bit more information. Yep. And Google kind of just, in a sense, like that's what I never understood whenever I talk to folks in the industry, like, hey, zero search results is going to kill SEO. I was like, no, Google is helping you. They are promoting you in a sense for free. So just make sure that, again, if your website is in zero, zero search result, it's something crazy, like 70% or something like that. People also click on that result to read more. So yeah. why would you hate that? It's, it's amazing. So just make sure that, you're optimized very well.
1: I've heard that too. Yeah, it's something like if it was just a blue link, right? As the number one ranking, it's getting something like 40% of the clicks. But if it's the number one ranking and it has a rich result, it gets yeah, something like 70% of the clicks.
2: Yeah. And, you know, like a quick little thought. Yeah. If it's the, like there's this zero search result that's kind of, let's say, um, you know, maybe it's a highlighted section, like a, safari, a phrase or something like that. That's what we are talking about. If you type in, I don't know, a, birth, a birthday of Abraham Lincoln, like, should there really be an SEO content about that? Maybe not, right? It's it's because a person searching for a fact yeah. or, you know, um, population of a certain city, whatever else. Like, it doesn't make sense to write a whole big, huge article about that. But whenever it's a question, you know, what is the best... I know, running shoe, whatever else, right? When when it actually is a conversation, then absolutely zero search results are amazing for SEOs. And it kind of forces us to think about that stuff. Like, uh, do we need to write specific content or not? And uh, yeah, even if it's an actual, like a factual zero search answer, it will say where that answer is taken from. So brand awareness, and brand uh, exposure increases as well. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. One last thing I wanted to touch on in this episode before we wrap up is the idea that oftentimes good SEO design is very much aligned with good user design. Page speed, for example, right? (laughs) Really good page speed is great for a user. It's also great for SEO now, which is great. So fast page speed is very important. Another one would be like a keyword friendly navigation where you're actually calling things what users call them. I know the example at Overstock was like call them sheets, not sheet sets. When you name things what people call them, it's an easier navigating experience. Do you have another example or two of when good SEO design is really aligned with just good user design? I think it happens more now than it ever has. But perhaps you could chime in on an example where...
2: You're just doing it right <laughs> for both sides. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's the answer. It's doing it right. Yeah, and uh, there is no separation. I don't know why people, quite a few SEO folks, are trying to still separate. Hey, SEO is one thing. User experience is different thing. Like, no, it is by definition. It's search engine optimization. That's what SEO means, right? So you're optimizing for search engine. Unfortunately, a lot of folks, they say SEO is optimizing for search. Ah, It's optimizing for search engine. And when you understand what search engine, in this case, let's say Google, actually wants, what their mission is, which is provide the best result in the shortest time possible, something like that. If you understand what they want and you're optimizing for that, just the alignment is right there. It's not that difficult to grasp. And when it clicks, it clicks. So uh, now, if you look at some of our website designs, we are combining everything. It's user centric. Let's answer all and get, provide everything for the users first, and then weave in as much as we can stuff for like traditional kind of a a bit old school SEO things, you know, the SEO rich text and whatever else. But it doesn't mean that it's two different things. They have to work together. And as soon as you, as a marketer, as an SEO, you figure that out, you're going to be great.
1: Couldn't agree more. When I always got asked about this, we tested it so much at Overstock that we actually had the answer. And good SEO design always was the best conversion rate design as well. So it's <laughs> yes, interesting that, exactly. you know, if you design well, you're really designing the same for both tasks. So. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks to Dmitri Kustov, Marketing Director at RegX SEO for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Dmitry and I are going to discuss what Google engineers don't want you to know about rankings. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Dimitri, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Digital Spaceman, or visit his company website at www.regxseo.com.
0: All right. Thanks to Jeff Atkinson, our technical SEO guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Jeff, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Jeff Atkinson. That's G-E-O-F-F-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is huckaby.com H-U-C-K-A-B-U-Y.com. want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.